Okay. All right, so let's have a look at an interesting chidush of the Rov on uh, on Parshat Baalotcha. And um, it's uh, essentially looking at the first part of the Parsha uh, and Rashi's comment with regard to the Parshat and Nesim and its <coughs> position to the um, of the menorah. So Parshat Naso, as you know, ends off with the Parshat and Nesim um, and Parshat Balotcha starts off with Hadlakat Nerot. And Rashi uh, makes the comment, Lama nismecha parashat ha-menorah, the parashat ha-nesim. Well, you know, why is the parashat of the menorah juxtaposed to the parashat of the nesim? Lefi kishira'a aron chanukat ha-nesim, chalsha az dato shelo ayay mayem b'chanuka. Lo huv lo shvato, shivto. Aron was depressed, or I was upset. Um, when he saw that he wasn't part of the Hanukkah uh, Nesim, um, and uh, not him and not his tribe. Uh, and so Akush Baruch Hu felt that, uh, he, he, Hashem felt Aaron's uh, pain, so to speak. I swear to you that your share is greater than theirs, for you will... Um, for you have this uh, particular mitzvah of being native, madlik and native, or native would be the chronological order, I guess. You first set it up and then you and then you madlik etanerot. <clears throat> so with the well-known Rashi, um, and our question essentially deals with uh, an understanding of this Rashi, um, or the question more than the you know, as to what Aaron was upset about and how did the solution help him out? Now, question is, Aaron is going to offer up, you know, tens upon hundreds, if not thousands of, of korbanot in the Mishkan. Um, and moreover, even uh, when we look at the, the last day of the Miluim, he did bring korbanot along with the Nasim. So why did he feel that his korbanot were somehow inferior to those of the Nisim? And if uh, Aaron did have a, a valid complaint that the korbanot are somehow inferior to those of the Nisim, so then how do we understand the consolation prize that he received that he was madlikat anerot? So why, why should a different job Lighting the menorah make him feel better about never being able to offer the superior korbanot of the of the nesim. This is the question that the rov asks. So he says over an interesting chiddush, <clears throat> and that is that there's one element that the nesim had in their korbanot that day that Aaron would not have in his korban on the last day of the Miluim and any Korban going forward. Uh, and in fact, it's something that no one else, none of his uh, descendants would ever have um, throughout all the generations that the Kohanim would be Makriv Korbanot in the Beit Hamidash. What was the element that was missing? So the Rav suggested like this, that the only, the only time 
this component was ever offered that the Chanukatam is Bayach of the Nesim. What is this element? What is the uniqueness of this? Says the Rav, it's the Ketoret. Now you say to me, what do you mean? The Ketoret's brought twice a day every day. So why is the Ketoret unique um, at this particular juncture than the Ketoret that the Kohen is bringing every single day? We also know that the Kohen Gadol can jump his, 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 his queue anytime he wants. He can, he can offer up the, Kohen, the, the Ketoret. On Yom Kippur, he's the only one who brings such a Ketoret. So what, was, what, what do you mean Ketoret? So the Rav says like this, he says, um, if, one looks at a, if one looks at the Rambam, so the Rambam in Klai Mikdash, uh, in Perek Bet, Aloch Yud Aleph, the Rambam says the following, the Rambam says that the Mizbach HaZahav, Shibaheichal, you know, the, the golden uh, altar that was in the Heichal, Alav Maktirina Ketoret Bechol Yom, on that particular, um, that particular mizbeach, do you offer this korban every, every day? And um, and what uh, what the Rambam then continues to say is, the ein makrivin alav davar acher. You cannot be makriv anything else uh, on there. Vim hiktir alav ketoret acheret, and if you if you are maktir any other kind of kind of ketoret, sheina kazu or shektir alav ketoret kazu shitnadev or tayachid or abim or ikriv alav korban or esech or esech nesech loke. And if anybody um, offers up a ketoret which is similar um, or donated by an individual, then is uh, or, or a community, then he's um, he gets malkot. You, uh, you, there's a, a, a mamash and isur to bring up a uh, an unusual ketoret, um, not the one that's been ordained or on this on this mizbeach. So what's interesting is as follows: what you see from this Rambam is that ketoret cannot be brought as a Ketoret Yachid. Uh, an individual can't offer up Ketoret on the Mizbayach. In fact, an individual can't bring Ketoret at all. There's no such thing as Ketoret Yachid. Ketoret is really a Korban Sibur. And yeah, interestingly enough, says the Rov, that Aaron understood all this. And that's why he was upset because the component that was present in the korban of the Nasim in the Chanukat Mizbayach, was this element that each one, each um, shavet, or each nasi of each shavet, um, was able to bring up a ketoret, and the ketoret was a ketoret yachid, and no one ever has that opportunity. That's the only time it was like a horat and no one was gonna ever was gonna bring a korban a ketoret yachid from that time on, and that's why. You know, Aaron, and Aaron was a bit depressed about this because the Nasim were allowed to bring a unique korban, a ketoret yachid, which he would never ever be able to offer up. So it's interesting we don't, um, you know, whenever we think about what um, what got Aaron upset, you know, this is a, 
an interesting, let's call it a lachic technical detail um, with regard to the korban that uh, that uh, Aaron couldn't bring it up. So the question now remains, so what was the answer? So how did Akash Baruch Hu, um, you know, calm Aaron down? How did he, how did he appease him? So the the Rashi quoting the Midrash tells us that somehow the mitzvah of Hadlakat Neirot or Hatavata Neirot, you know, made up for the fact that the Nasim were given the privilege of of a of a Ketoret Yachid. So uh, the Rav pointed out as follows: Look, look back to Sefer Shmot, Perek Lamed, where it tells us with regard to the role of of uh, of Aharon and with regard to the daily ketoret. So the pasuk says in Shmot Lamed pasuk Zayin Chet, the pasuk says, "V'iktir alav Aharon ketoret samim baboker baboker." Aaron will be makriv on the mizbeach, uh, the ketoret samim, every morning. Behaytivo et hanayrot yaktirena when he when he sets it up, when he fixes up the candles and uh, and and loads the the actual cups with the oil and the wicks, etc. When when he brings the ketoret, when he fixes up the candles, uh, that's vaitivor etanerot yaktirena. Now it's just I happen to be uh, fortunate that over the last uh, week, let's say. Uh, the Daf Yomi Masechet Yoma has been speaking about uh, been speaking about this phenomenon and how to interpret this pasuk and the various machlokot that, uh, that that are inherent within this understanding of what what was the order of the avodah in the Beit Hamikdash during the the average morning, the average day. Um, this idea that you have a korban, then you have so you have a korban tamid, then you have ketoret, then you have hatavata nairot, and you've got to work out a way of as how the avodah flows um, between which ones first, which ones not. And so it's interesting that you that you learn something which is not uh, intuitive or not well known when you actually read the Gemara. You learn that there are opinions that. The Hadlakata Neirot were divided in two sections where you have, you know, first you light the first five or the first two, then you have a break, do the Ketoret, and then you come back and you do the rest. So there's kind of a um, an inter an inter interconnectedness between the Hadlakata Neirot, the Korban, and and the and and the Ketoret. So the other pasuk tells us, just let's read it uh, fully. It's got to bring the ketoret. While the ketoret is on there, there's got to be engaged with the nairot as well. Um. So this is this is the this is the pasuk. Now, the expression of behetivot anerot. You know what? What does it tell you there? 
it inters it intersposes uh, uh, it, it puts this this action of hatavata nerot in there with the ketoret. What what we expected pasuk to say is that you know that Aaron brought the ketoret baboker baboker, and then uvalot Aaron etanerot benar baim yaktirena. So this, um, you know, yeah, when the Torah is when the Torah tells you about what's happening, um, just give the give the the times when the ketoret is brought. What's Bahitivot Anerot doing there? So the Gemara comes along and says that um, the Gemara in Psachim tells us that there are two aspects of the mitzvah of Menorah. One is the Hadlaka and the hatava of the ner to set it up and to light it. Uh, and this particular kium has really nothing to do with the ketoret. But there's a second component, a second mitzvah, and that is that whenever there's ketoret, there has to be hadlaka of the, of the menorah as well. So the hatava of the first five nerot, the hatava of the first five nerot, was for the mitzvah of Hadlaka of the menorah. And the Hatava of the last two was related, you know, to, to the Ketoret. So the Rambam puts it like this. It light the first five out of the seven uh, branches of the menorah. Then, Then, this is the you know the lotion of the Rambam. So um what's happened here is, is that the rovers forced us to via the Gomorrah to appreciate this particular aspect that the the Hadlakata Nairot um and the the, the second part of the Hadlakata Nairot, the last two. There somehow it's got to be done um, at the time that there's the the ketoret is being offered as well. So the first five nerot, that's the hadlakat hamenorah, and the last two has to be there so that there's no such thing as ketoret without hadlakat nerot. If there was ketoret done without hadlakat, then there's something problematic or lacking in the ketoret. They have to go hand in hand. And this particular din, this particular din says the following. In other words, it sort of sets us up like this. Hashem has the Nasim bring the ketoret yachid. True, completely unique. But their, but their, their unique korban was, la was, was lacking something. You can't bring ketoret unless you have hadlakat nerot. The ketoret doesn't work unless you have hadlakat nerot. So therefore they needed Aaron's hadlakah so they could fulfill their mitzvah of ketoret. Without, with, without hadlakat nerot or hatavat nerot, the ketoret that the Nasim brought would be incomplete. And therefore Aaron was, was uh, in a sense, appeased because Akush Baruch told him, Shilchak dolami shilahem, you know, that they can't bring the ketoret without they can't bring the ketoret without you lighting the menorah. So light, Adlakata Menorah 
is not an unrelated consolation prize, but something integral to the the mitzvah of the of Katoret, especially the Katoret Yachid, which the Nasim were given. And their Katoret could only be complete if our if Aaron would be madlik at uh, you know at Hanayrot. So it's interesting that you know for me uh, this particular Kiddush was was insightful in the sense that I never really before um, spent time on understanding the detail of uh, of Akosh Baruch Hu's appeasement to Aaron of the Adlakat Hanayrot through the eyes of Rashi anyway, because uh, normally what's happened is is that um, we are we are always taught, you know, to look at the Ramban, where the Ramban, you know, really is much more dramatic and it has a, an appeal to us because the Ramban feels that there's a problem here and that the solution is, um, we can call it almost a mystical solution where, you know, we talk about the Mitzvah of Hanukkah, it's not really the, it's not really the actual, um, you know, it's not really the Hadakat and Erot of now. And that's what, we, that's what I'm used to working with all the time, you know. So basically, the Ramban had taken issue with Rashi. Um, you know, the Ramban basically said that, look, Aaron has performed so many different Avodot in the Beit HaMikdash, um, you know, more than just lighting the menorah. So why was Aaron only comforted by the fact that he lit the menorah and not by all other avodot and other korbanot that he performed? And therefore the Ramban was motivated that um, we have to look for something special in the Adlakata Neirot. And it wasn't the Adlakata Neirot therefore of that time and place, but rather it became the Adlakata Neirot of Neirot Hanukkah um, and the Chashmonaim and the, and, the nice, and the nice Hanukkah. So that's normally what I, you know, I've been used to thinking about it. But yeah, this was a, an attempt, this is an opportunity to understand, let's say from the posh shot of the of the Chumash without going on to the without going on to the actual menorah of Hanukkah. And uh, anyway, the other there were lots of Mahshavti uh, suggestions as to why, you know, the Hadlakata Nerot was greater. But I, I this was a, this was really kind of londish. It was kind of a lachik. There was there was something that was in here. Which um, which I very much appreciated uh, uh, working with. The question now is, you know, how do we appreciate this a little bit? What, uh, from a machshavti point of view, you know, what um, what do we see when we compare and contrast, you know, these two components that come together in the mitzvah of ketoret and hadlakat nerot? So. Um, the Rav suggested as follows. He said like this, he said, Hadlakat Neirot, the concept of light and its connection to Kiner Mitzvah Torah Or, the Neirot and the light of the Neirot represents Talmud Torah, the Havanah of Torah, um, the clarity of concepts and the, and the depth of, uh, you know, Halachic analysis, um, anything that's done that is transparent in a sense, uh, understood. This is the, this is what the light represents. The ketoret, on the other hand, said the rov, the ketoret is smoke, smoke and mirrors, if you want. In other words, you, 
you know, you're supposed to see something in it, but you don't even know what, what's in there. It's got so many spiritual dimensions there. And the nature of the smoke of the Ketoret, you know, represents the parts of Akash Baruch's interaction with us and Hashem's creation of the world as, uh, you know, the Mysterium Tremendum, you know, the whole mystery of Akash Baruch Hu and how he interacts with the world, especially when things are, are you know, Allah Chukim, where we don't understand what Akash Baruch Hu is doing and we don't, we don't have enough insight into what goes on. And this is represented by the fact that the Anan, you know, caused by the Ketoret, covers the Aron Kodesh. And, and so Ketoret tells us, you know, about Am Yisrael or, or, or the great craving that mankind has for Akash Baruch Hu. Um, but, but, you know, so that's the symbol of Ketoret. But it's also, you know, encapsulates what we don't understand. And, you know, the, the, the tragedy in, 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 uh, in, in human affairs, uh, which happened to us. And we, we wait for the day until which Akash Baruch Hu will unravel, you know, and we can see beyond the smoke what uh, what exactly the purpose was for all of this so it's interesting that when you look at and to uh, to, to compare and contrast from a philosophical point of view these components you start to see you know there's like a a, a religious experience by, that's represented by the katoret um and there's there's a there's clear intelligence and action represented by the menorah but the torah is basically telling us that the Ketoret has to be coordinated with Adlakat Neirot because, you know, the ecstasy of a religious experience, you know, needs to be brought down to earth um, by the so-called halachic uh, dimensions and, um, and guidance. That's how one has to work together. Otherwise, you lose yourself com completely and uh, the person gets carried away with what they think is right and not what Akosh Baruch Hu wants to be done. So that's really from a, a basic philosophical point, you know, this is what uh, this is what, what what's needed, you know. So the acceptance of the halachic um, mandate, you know, with all its details and precision is is vital if one wants to attain an honest um, you know, colorful religious experience. That's how the Rav basically feels about this uh you know, com comparison between Hadlakatlenot and 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 Ketoret. and so the two have to come together in order to make, uh, you know, to make this thing work, to make this thing work really well. Now, if we uh, if we do take uh, if we do take the Ramban and we look at the Ramban's um, suggestion that Aaron was um, mollified by the fact that Akash Baruch gave him. The mitzvah, where the so-called Ner Hanukkah will last forever, you know, beyond uh, the unfortunate destruction of the Beit Hamikdash. But um, looking at this a little bit, we um, we can try now understand a little Ramban a little bit more because at first glance the Ramban told us something that um, that's a little bit um, I don't know it's not it's not satisfying because how is the Hadlakat Anerot of uh, in the days of the Hashmonaim going to comfort Aaron Akoyen at, at this point in time where he's actually, you know, alive and well. And um, and so to this, Rav Soloveitchik suggests as follows. 
he's fond of quoting the Rambam um, in Hilchot Chanukah, Perek Dalad Aloha Yudbet, where the Rambam says that Nairot Chanukah is mitzvah chaviva ad mo'od. It's a most beloved mitzvah. It's an interesting expression. It's a very unique expression where the Rambam doesn't use this, uh, you know, about uh, about anything, any other mitzvah, not Purim and not uh, etc. Um, so the question is, what what does the Rav see in the Rambam's statement of this mitzvah of Nerot Chanukah's Chavivad Mo'od? So he points out that the Pirsumei Nisa of Chanukah uh, is different from the other mitzvot that we have of Pirsumei Nisa. We have the Pirsumei Nisa of, uh, of the Arba Kosot, we have the Pirsumei Nisa of the Megillah. And according to some Rishonim, uh, we touched on it quite a while back, there was uh, the Pirsumei, the, or the Let's say that the, the women were, were involved in the miracle of the man. And, uh, and the, you know, there was uh, three meals on Shabbos and the women were involved in those three meals. So therefore, women should be, um, you know, obligated in the midst of Sudash Lishit. Um, and you have, uh, you, have a, you have a similar concept of Afayna Yuboto Anais in all these areas. Um, but uh, the Pirsume Nisa ones, you know, are... Are basically Arba Kosot, Megillah, and uh, and and Hanukkah. But uh, there's something unique in the Pesuvanis of Ner Hanukkah. Um, and so this is what the Rav suggests that the Nerot Hanukkah is um, you don't come across the term Zeichel and Migdash with regard to to Ner Hanukkah. Um, but if it's not Zeichel and Migdash. So what is the Nairot Hanukkah all about? So we say that, well, it's its own, it's its own miracle. You know, the, somehow there's the, the, the Nairot Alalu Kodeshaim, the Eden Al-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Shutl-Sh
really is rooted back, you know, as if it was an extension of the Ner Tamid in the Migdash. Um, you know, and that, that the Ner Hanukkah represents really um, the fact that Akosh Baruch Hu has not abandoned Klal Yisrael and that there's a Hashrat HaShchinah between, you know, amongst Am Yisrael as well. And so the Pesumei Nisa over here means that there's a Gilu Shchinah through Ner Hanukkah. And uh, therefore, Pesumei Nisa is a halacha in the same way that Ner Tamid used to testify that Shchina Shrab Yisrael, so too does Ner Hanukkah testify that Akosh Baruch Hu hasn't abandoned Klal Yisrael too. So in other words, to, you know, to combat a, what was, was, was later to become a, a challenge by the, the Christian community against Am Yisrael, that uh, what's known as replacement theory um, is 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 combated by this uh, this uh, this pesumei nisa that Akosh Baruch Hu's shechina has chosen Klal Yisrael, and what this really means is that um, uh, it's an expression of bechirat Yisrael, as opposed to the you know as opposed to any other nation in the world and their relationship with Akosh Baruch Hu. So the Rav claims that he feels that the Greeks resented. Am Yisrael more because of Bechirat Yisrael than anything else. All the other Gezairas that, that the Hashwanaim leveled against us. And, uh, you know, all expressed in, you know, d- destroying the ability to keep Shabbos and Bris Mila, you know, and, and forcing people to eat Chaza. All of these stories are, 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 are there. And they're there and they represent the persecution of the of the of the Greeks against um, Am Yisrael, but but what really ticked them off? To you know, what was the issue? And so he feels that it's this issue that um, that what bothered the Greeks and then after them the Romans was that Klal Yisrael held themselves as being chosen by Kosh Baruch Hu, and um, that's how we acted. And this, of course, um, you know, motivated their resentment uh, to the to the nth degree. And so this is really what he offers as a philosophical approach to the uniqueness of Nairot Hanukkah and then links it back to the Nairot in the Migdash. So the Nairot in the Migdash were the, was the Eidut that the Shekhinah was present in Israel. And this is the function of Nairot Hanukkah. It's the same function throughout, uh, you know, through the Dor Dor. And so, if this is true, um, you know, it's interesting that um, Ner Hanukkah now, according to this way of thinking, represents that Ner Mikdash. But now that the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, the testimony of Bechirat Yisrael was turned over to Ner Hanukkah. And that's why Ner Hanukkah is Pesume Nisa. It's, uh, it's not Pesume Nisa like Ner Hanukkah tells us about the Chazdei Hashem uh, as well. You know, Ner Hanukkah is more than that. Ner Hanukkah is identical with the Gilu Shechina and the, the lighting of the uh, Ner Hanukkah testifies to this at the Shechina Shura of Israel. So this is what the Rav reads into the Rambam's phrase that uh, that the, the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is Chaviva Hiyad Mo'od. You know, because uh, it's it's a it's a, got a unique aspect over here, which uh, which represents Bechirat Israel. So it's interesting that now when you go back to compare what happened in the Hanukkah Amishkan, 
so while the Nesim caused the Shekhinah to be Shorah when they offered their Korbanot, when, when Aaron lit the menorah, it was the first performance of a, of a Maise which would cause the Shekhinah to be Shorah, not only for the duration of the Beit HaMikdash, but for all future generations, Lador Dor. And so lighting the Ner Hanukkah today continues the Maise Adlaka that began with Aaron in the Beit HaMikdash of bringing Hashem you know, to be represented uh, continually in the in the actual um, lighting of the Beit Hamikdash, the lighting of the menorah there. So this, in a way, is an attempt to try and uh, develop perspectives on uh, Aaron's being depressed about missing out on something, and the various solutions that are offered to to appease him. Uh, looking at first from Rashi's point of view, um, and looking to try and find details in the Korbanot itself. There we spoke about Ketoret uh, Yachid being the unique element that Aaron would never be able to, to fulfill. And Akosh uh, Baruch then reminded him that there's something unique there, but they can't do it without you. And therefore, your Hadlakat Nerot is, is vital. And through the ages of the, you know, of the Ramban, that the Hadlakat Nerot, which would eventually uh, come back to Klal Yisrael in the shape of the, the Hashmonaim, that it looks like it's disjointed, but it really isn't. It's the it's the ability to express the Hashrat Shekhinah, which Aaron Akoin would, would bring into the Beit HaMikdash um, with the very first Hadlaka that he would that he would do. And then we in the middle we had a a, a little um Hashkavik philosophic uh, attempt at uh, creating a perspective as to why there's uh, the two mitzvot of Hadlakat Nerot and Haktarata Katoret are, are, inter, are interrelated. Um, and they teach us about this uh, unique balance that we as people and and, and Bifrat Klal Yisrael uh, always try and work with. And that is that uh, no matter how glorious the religious experience is and trying to find out how to go higher and higher to understand the mysteries of Akosh Baruch Hu, but they have to be grounded and disciplined by uh, the technical details of halakha, which is represented by the menorah. So that was uh, that. In that, in essence, is the summation of of this idea. So uh, I'll leave it there for you, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you in shul over Shabbos. So have a great one. Call to. Thanks, Rav. Thank Rav, you. Cheers, man.